the fiscal year or the calendar year 2021 roadmap is out by the developers and digi and i are going to grab our whiskey chart our path through it and see what we like see what we don't like and hit up the major highlights pbs is celebrating their 15 year anniversary and we got the dapper scottishman in on the show along with clan leader frank to be able to help us out and figure out what makes a 15 year community last uh we're going to be going over a little bit back on our show zero actually outside and if you're a fan of Band of Brothers, this is something you definitely want to check out. This is episode five of Hell Let's Talk. And uh, we are back, Digi, back in the seat. I see you've already been started. You can't have a Scottishman on the show and not pregame a little bit with some some liquor here. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> and we are looking fresh. And I think uh, you know our guest mm. is probably tops the chart and how the how to dress <laughs> while streaming. Uh, you know, it's good to be it's good to be back again. This is episode five, as you said. Um, you know, looking forward to this show in particular. I think we're going to go through a lot of debrief material um, in addition to some really good uh, segments we've got listed up here. Indeed, indeed. Uh, you know, we've been busy with the winter seasonal. Uh, I'd say like half of the uh, Hell Let's, uh, Let Loose community has been busy with, uh, was it Vaghan playing Vikings over the last couple of weeks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that game is a scourge, man. It is so. the absolute time suck of as they all go. But uh, um, carving out the Hell Let Loose time to uh, see what changes are coming in with the dev brief and uh, yeah. just enjoy that last little bits of Indeed. Uh, update 8.8. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, we, we already kind of tease on it. Let's go ahead and bring in the dapper Scottish man. Sheeps, welcome to uh, Hell Sheeps. Let's Talk. Sheeps. <laughs> welcome, buddy. Much. Welcome. Maybe so, I should change my name to the dapper Scottish man instead. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> that is a nice handle. That does have a nice yeah. handle to it. <laughs> so, so for those that uh, haven't seen uh, Sheeps, a uh, member of PBS, uh, I would say their premier broadcaster, if uh, if nothing else, by uh, known, I think the first time we saw Sheeps, it was like, my God, he dressed up for this. This isn't just like some <laughs> gamer that crawled out. I mean, he, he, he made I, it look- I, I said, nice vest, and oh my God, that, that headset keeps his hair so perfect. <laughs> the first two things I said uh, when I first saw him, watching yeah. some of that HLL winter seasonal action we got going on. And we could not, we could not outdo him. We can only hope to match him. So I got a little <laughs> bit of the suit and tie. Uh, Digi's got there. Uh, Sheeps, I, I think you're already uh, meeting uh, with the, with the show here as far as uh, the drinking levels. Uh, Earlier, you showed what bottle are you drinking t- for today's show. What do you got happening well, we got right a now? A bottle of uh, Tamna one, which is a brand new bottle for me. Um, but yeah, it's a real, it's a real nice one. It's mellow. Good. We'll see how much of it I get through this this show. Good. So before before <laughs> we do our cheers, you want to go ahead and introduce a little bit about yourself because I think there's one thing uh, that kind of highlights, especially when we go through this, a different perspective that maybe. Uh, you kind of speak more for the av- the common man of uh, Hell Let Loose, but uh, go ahead and introduce yeah, a little well, bit that's, of yourself. That's what I would hope so. I mean, I've been playing Hell Let Loose for on and off for a year or so. Um, I think I started around lockdown in in March, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. Just something about this game that first from that first little bit where I got the artillery shells coming in. <laughs> On, uh, on those beach assaults. Your body's just, exploding into various exactly. parts. Exactly. <laughs> I fell in love with it. Um, but really, it's just a nice way to socialize with some friends. So I'm not as hardcore mm-hmm. into the into all the meta plays and the loadouts as maybe you guys are, but I do. I love this game. No, it's good, good, good here. So with that said, let's go ahead, as we always do, a toast. Cheers to everybody. Cheers. The pond. Salute. There it is. Cheers. From around the world, folks, from around the world. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, just jump in. Uh, you know, normally we say, okay, here's what's dev brief, you know, in this one. Here's what's dev brief in this one. Although really the last two dev briefs have really kind of just been the same topics uh, given in a different format. Everybody, hell, if you were on Reddit, I think, what, 18 people post the same image on Reddit within like five oh, yeah. minutes just trying to get yeah. the upvotes. It's, it's a race, uh, man. It's a race for those votes. Those Internet <laughs> points mean a lot. Uh, but uh, I want to actually kind of we're just going to go through these uh, using Dev Brave 113 as a guide. You really kind of got six main categories and we're going to go through these six categories. Uh, new content, developer kind of process or developer actions, game modes, game mechanics, metagame and player interface. 
And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the brief, a lot of people just said, we are sick and tired about new content, new content. Well, I actually went through the numbers. There was a total of 25 questions in 113 that really were just kind of duplicated in the roadmap. Seven were related to new content. Four were about the developer process. Four were about game modes. Four were about mechanics. Two metagame and two player interface ones. Um, I think that was a decent coverage of a lot of different aspects uh, for them to answer. I think some of them maybe were a little bit softballs, like the developers, like, oh, yeah, oh, stop it. You guys like us. Like, eh, I think they were Shucks. a little selective. Yeah, they were a little selective. Um, but I think let's they go also ahead. dodged some of those questions. Yeah, yeah was, a few non-answers. And I think I, we'll start with you there, uh, Sheep says. Uh, developer actions. Um, if you want to dive into, we, you picked a question out of that list. If you want to break that apart for us, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, there's this question on, are there any particular development processes that they use as a small development team? And for a game, it's like a complicated thing. I am a software engineer myself, so I was kind of interested in this answer. Um, but then they really just dodged it and said, appreciate the kind words. <laughs> and it's about finding the right-minded teammates. It's like, you just really dodged the question there. I would have loved some behind the scenes, like, here's how the artists work, here's how the developers work, here's what, how they work together. But no, it was a bit of a... Yeah. And with, with this being Valentine's Day, I think we're going to kind of maybe throw a clip. It almost feels like a relationship that we have with the developers. And this was like kind of one of those questions of like, well, what do you want for dinner, honey? And it goes, ah, I don't know, whatever. And you're like, no, I, I want some more feedback. I want to want to make, you know, tell me what's going on in your mind. Tell me this. I, I agree. That was a um, I would have liked a little bit more on that one. Uh Digi, I think uh, one of the biggest oh, things boy. that came from yeah, developer no, actions. This one uh, just kind of just, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Actually, it's seeming like we got a quick response. I mean, this is really a veteran shout out from, you know, a lot of us that were getting on it um, as we go through this HLL winter seasonal game. But what they had posted there is we have made the decision to lock the dot INI files to avoid exploits. Mm -hmm grain-breaking alterations as we've had to lock this we've collected a huge number of community-specific aa settings and have included these as an aa setting um and it's listed as the community under options menu great i i i i'm no hacker man by any stretch <laughs> of the word and i thought All i was talent. getting clever yeah. over there <laughs> i thought i was getting clever just knowing how to unlock the hidden uh ini folder to make those AA settings, as I believe it was posted up by um, uh, Special or from anyway, and all the same, like those little changes that they've made, I think those are great for me. And I think that it's great that they kept those retention um, settings changes. But oh my goodness, did I not know at the time that those dot INI files, like that's like the almighty power in there because oh. you can do some serious groundbreaking stuff. Like you could change everything visual from removing foliage like hedgerows and trees, which just just flattens out the whole map. And you could see for miles. Right. Think of like a map like Hill 400 and changing all those settings. It's well, crazy, I, but I know this it's is a good something. fix to catch. It's a yeah. great fix to catch now before the game I, gets even bigger and the competitive scene continues to grow. Yeah. And I think this is something that I know we wrestled with on the show once it kind of broke in the competitive community with the winter seasonal happening. I mean, uh, we don't want to dive into the drama behind it. But once mm -hmm. everybody realized what was possible, it was like, no idea. You, we can't we can't monitor this as a community. This has to be a developer action. And um, this this I, I, for the competitive game, even for when people think, hey, this guy's hacking and you look at him, he's really not, you know, anything amazing. There's a lot of questionable stuff that I think is going to get answered about this. And this is not I want to clarify, this is not an issue with Black 17 or uh, sorry, Black Matter or Team 17. It's mm -hmm. the Unreal Engine and the mm -hmm. fact that I think they kind of opened this up and now have found these other issues with the engine. Uh, yeah, 100% lock it down. Keep the integrity of the game. This is a huge one. Mm -hmm. yeah, it so just puts, it, it, you know, we have huge trust in, in, in everybody in the community, but it, it just eliminates that mental fear when you're playing the game. With, exactly. Just by locking it levels everything out. Sorry, exactly. Sheepsies, what were you saying? I was going to just say that those INI files are basically a backdoor into the into mm -hmm. Unreal Engine. And so it really makes sense to lock it down, especially for the integrity of, of the competitive scene. Um, it's, it's a massive thing to have trust yeah. in that everyone's playing on the, a fair, mm -hmm. fair yeah, level. Well, competitive scene, public scene, this, this affects everybody that logs game -wide. in. It's, it's yeah, game-wide. Game you know. So, 
Uh, so that that was the main developer actions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think uh, we'll kind of talk a little bit uh, later on about their messaging. Uh, but let's get into what they talked about the metagame in both these dev briefs. Uh, Sheeps, you highlighted here something about the front lines. Oh yeah, there was this question around, are defined front lines the desire of the dev team? Or are you looking to have a more linear, what was that, adjusting the linear nature of sectors? And their answer was saying that the sector system, meaning the square system, was a legacy implementation. Ah. And that they want to move away from that, which is really interesting because I'm wondering maybe that's something around potentially not having blue and red zones that are aligned to sectors. I would love to see that. Um, before they, that roadmap kind of came out with some of the tweaks they were thinking, I was thinking maybe that they could have the blue sector wrap around and, and maybe it was based on where troops are. That would be a really interesting thing. But it seems like they're maybe just tweaking around where those garrisons go. Yeah, and I think, you know, a while back ago, I forgot on what episode we highlighted one of our heroes was a hexagonal approach. Mm -hmm. Like this grid, 200 meter by 200 meter, is overlaid on these great maps. It's oversimplifying the, the yeah. actual complexities that get down to the nitty gritty of the game. I mean, flanks are always moving. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you know, in that setup where if the map does alter and, you know, your blue is moving with wherever your troop movements are, it's not shown on the enemy map, right? <laughs> Long are the days of the sneak, but it, the, the fact of the matter is there's got to be a better design that actually yeah. encompasses more organic flow of the battle and, you know, you're not punishing just based on, well, here's the line, right? Here's yeah, the point. Here's the line. That's what you have to work with. And we'll show this on example. Newer players coming into this when when they see that map and they're like, well, okay, where can I place a garrison? Where, yeah. where can I spawn in? What's friendly territory? If you don't have that visual aid to say, this is friendly, this is enemy, these are where you can spawn, then it makes it real hard to get into the game at the start. Indeed. And oh my goodness, you know, what... what what a difference it would make if that was on the maps. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe seeing on any of the maps that it references those grids as 200 by 200 meters. Even just something simple act, uh, write that on the in-game maps is maybe, hey, these grids, just for reference, that's 200 meters by 200 meters squared. Yeah. So, like, I, so, that, that seems to be the most common question is like, why can't I build it here? Uh, so check the map. <laughs> let's let's just let's just go for a bold question at this point. Okay. Because I think, you know, there's a few things that Sheep's highlighted on here that mm -hmm. ultimately is a key design and like the legacy is hard to get rid of. Do you think that the developers have built so much on the structure of this game, having the grid system that we'll always have these same grids? Or do you think, you know, we'll ever get away from it? I, I don't know. I, I, it's almost like to the point of no return, I think. Yeah, in a, in a sense, like, again, I think it simplifies it in a good way, though. There are some pros to the cons. Um, I think for like a newer player, if you say grid E2, you know, it's like, boom, he's in this little box, right? And you can kind of reference it and you go numpad or keypad if you're weird. Uh, it, 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 it's <laughs> weird. honestly to I'm that weird. sake that I, I don't think it'll go away in that sense because it really makes effective and efficient way to identify stuff fast. It just doesn't reflect the actual natural flow uh, when you're talking like, oh, I can't place uh, Garrison here because it's not on that line, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can separate what the developers are using internally to, to keep track of things and still have a grid system on that map. Mm -hmm. um, but yep. I was surprised that they kind of said that they're so deeply tied into the implementation of, of sector control. Um, I guess it makes sense thinking about it because those, like, those blue sectors, those spawning sectors are always aligned with those map sectors but mm -hmm. i don't know i just kind of figured that yeah no i i think you could keep change. that keep that grid overlay and you know just reflect the blue and the red just to move where where it is right but i totally agree to that i think i think yeah. you have you guys bring it up really two distinction what the grid is is the grid a reference system or a game mechanic system and mm, i think good point. you know from a reference system you definitely got to have it because if you go back to the hexagonal you're like they're at hexagon one twenty eight six, like that's going to be you know, <laughs> or one you know one twenty six B or something like that. Uh, but as a game mechanic, I think if you look at um, you know a lot of the veterans, I'm going to air quote this veterans here is looks at update six because the mechanics weren't as dependent on the grid system. Um, and if, in fact, you know, Digi, let's go ahead and move into what kind of came mm -hmm. out of one fourteen was talking about. You know, hey, garrisons, you could move into the red zone. So I'm going to put up yeah, this image here. It's got real, yeah. got real tasty here. So let's yeah. help with the graphic. Yep. So this is the, this is uh, Digi's quick, quick. Uh, <laughs> I did this about 20 seconds in paint. High, <laughs> high two quality, lines. high quality. Yes. Uh, nothing better yes. for the best for the show. But Go I ahead. took a random, uh, you know, just a random crack at what what is about 
that half distance. So what's 200 meters roughly or sorry, 100 meters roughly from the point, because they're saying you will be able to lock up one of these garrisons in this forward red position from 100 meters out. So the red line is just a generalization. I use this map here in particular, just kind of those two bottom ones are centralized locations, just a little off to the left or mid center. So mm -hmm. you don't really have a whole lot of space to work with with this implementation. If you can see just everything to the right side of those red lines, you could theoretically build a garrison. It just might get locked up as soon as that person steps beyond a strong point, right? I mean, like it, it doesn't, it wouldn't take much to lock up those forward offensive garrisons um, just with that meta. So you'd have to kind of really either work from the top angle and try and get your diagonal distance uh, as great away from where the likely spawn they might have is. Um, but yeah, I mean, truly defenders can 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 stop at assault, whether knowingly or unknowingly, just walking around out front yeah. and they and can really crush those early garrisons down. Yeah. And let's go ahead and kind of step a little bit back here. What came of 114 mm -hmm. specifically yeah. is they acknowledge that they're going to be putting garrisons back into the red zone. If you're a new player in this game, you have not been into the glory days of post, you know, pre update seven. We mm -hmm. put red zones, garrisons around. We talked about in previous episodes. Wild, wild. Yeah, West. just garrisons everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun, um, you know. But yeah, no. Yeah. So garrisons can now be placed in that red zone, that first uh, grid, that column, uh, you know, of any of any point of the red. And yep. garrisons will then cost 100 supplies if you were to build them in that red. And again, it's just saying garrisons placed in that red zone are disabled if enemies are within 100 meters of them. And this is to encourage that conservative placement. So as you can see in that red, those red lines on the uh, the map uh, graphic here, I mean, that's that's roughly that 100 meters from the strong point. So technically, if a defender just were to go just a little bit outside the strong point, they would shut down any garrison yeah. pretty fast. So, I mean, you know? and Sheeps, you talked about that wraparound. You mentioned that wraparound. So essentially what I think is mm -hmm. going to happen here is they're going to say, okay, you could put a red zone garrison outside of the active sector and mm -hmm. hope you have map control. So if we're looking down here on this graphic, Siegfried line, there is no reason to put a red zone garrison in the active sector. And these are just two squares right in front of it. Just put it back in your friendly, keep it down to the 20 meter. Right now, the garrisons get locked at 20 meter instead of having a five times multiplier to get to 100. But what it will open to is, okay, if Siegfried is active down here, Maybe you actually do put it up maybe two, three grid squares uh, above and get a little bit of that wrap effect. Ultimately, and this is another thing that came out of it, everybody, please jump into the public test uh, servers that are going to be running. Mm -hmm. They announced they're going to be running public test servers. This is something that I think they just didn't fully think out or they're trying to say map control. And map control is not one person walking around 100 meters and walking down a garrison. To me, that's just... That's too far. Um, I'm happy, but I, I think, you know, it's just it's just not going to it back. Rain it back. back. I mean, I, I, lo I love the concept of that first column, but I, I really feel like if you want to do that, maybe make it 30, maybe make it 40 meters. Uh, yeah. If you have to put it more of a punishing uh, conservative placement aspect to it. But 100 is just it's just like, well, why bother? You know, you're yeah, really then just thing building it up is is how different that those garrisons will feel like compared to the garrisons that there already is. And I don't know if this will show up on the public test realm because those are maybe more expert players and they're maybe not going to comment on mm. this as much. But oh, now no you're comment. Have, on like a public game, <laughs> we're quite you're vocal. Gonna have, you're going to have these di very different behaving garrisons depending mm -hmm. on whether it's like 50 meters to the left or right on your map. Um, so I, I like that they're trying to tackle this ninja garrison spawn bombing, which is a phrase that I love to see in that in that developer update. But I'm a bit worried that they're making this system quite complicated for your for your average player who's thinking yeah, about for sure. For sure, I think the more complex you make it, that you're just discarding, uh, you know, some of these newer players. That it's just one more tackle that they have to, you know, overcome to figuring it out. Um, yeah. I agree hundred percent. I think, you know, look for the simple solutions, um, and don't create more issues with it. So yeah, no, simple totally agree. Beautiful. So let's go ahead. Uh, that was the meta. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the game mechanics uh, yes. section that they had. Uh, did you, this you is a good us? one. I like this one. You know, I, I thought whoever asked this had a pretty good mentality since they already have this uh, as a part of it, but the question that was asked is, are you guys looking into adding maybe a one to two minute prep phase uh, before a match even starts? 
And this is, I guess, not for your offensive game mode, which already does have that, but the warfare. So all around all match styles will have the one to two minute meter. And this would just be to give people a little more time to plan the attack, to figure out what roles they needed in a squad. And ultimately, my point is actually form and fill squads. Um, and they, the devs responded. They're, they're saying this is coming in update nine. So it will be yeah. across all game modes, uh, warfare, offensive and campaign. I still don't know much about that, but that will be a, a part of everything is they'll have that one to two minute briefing period. Um, <laughs> well, damn. I mean, they're really for me that <laughs> my my real secret to being a good player is um, have an M.2 SSD. Yep. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of sad. I'll, I'll no longer be the first one spawning in and running for the truck and the next point. But it's it's for the best. And it will basically level off um, the playing field to being very fair. Everybody should be able to get in a squad, spawn all at once. And then it's 50 versus 50 um, rushing for I, the midpoint. I I find it crazy that it took them nine updates to get to this when it's like a yeah. simple quality of life thing that just fair makes point. the game very fair point for new players mm -hmm. oh so, for sure for sure so the first person when update line goes live and the, the people that send us a recording of just the straight up running of the bulls mad dash to the supply <laughs> truck <laughs> and, yeah well i mean i i miss the you know before even vehicles were there and everybody was just a mad dash like you had 50 players running from the midpoint all running oh, towards it you know like it somebody was, spamming on you know like some vietnam war songs as you're running to the oh, mid yeah, point. Say, like this is the good old days that you know so I'll, I'll finally remember and now since everything's changed with the new meta and the trucks yeah it, it making this change again sheep says i agree it, it really you know update nine it took before you realize well okay like and people with ssds are loading in faster than you know the spin drive so i yeah. agree i think this is a real good level way to make sure everybody gets in everybody gets in the squad and you have that moment to even chat with your squad like hey who's new who, do you have any questions all right off the bat um you know running with squad lead and you Please got a couple new and they're like what do you want me to be <laughs> you know it's it's like you go this you go this you go this or you know whatever you're your drive and you can kind of give your your game plan thoughts like i think that's what makes a good squadler is you actually explain okay here's the play style what we're going to engage and this is kind of what we're expected um right off the bat really gives a clear message to people in your squad well so, and here's yeah. here's why i like oh, I that... here's why i like taping this show live is right now the chat is having a very good conversation yeah we're how, seeing it i don't think anybody's long, saying no to it i think everybody's just disagreeing on how long that that time yeah. that time is um, 30 i'm seconds. seeing 30 seconds yeah I, I i actually lean to one minute i think one minute one minute's healthy yeah. i think one minute is uh is decent sheeps I, I cut you off what are you about to say buddy well i was just going to say on that that i don't know that one to two minutes is enough to really get a time to plan an attack oh boy there we go that, but <laughs> It's enough to yeah, no, it, game, it, like, again, squad, but that's about it. Yeah, to plan the attack. <laughs> like, every, again, like, I can't even hear myself think because command channel just like spamming into both ears um, at a very loud volume. That, I mean, my main focus starts with the squad, and I, I, I encourage everybody, you know, it's all driven through the squad tactics. So picture your squad knows what's going on before you're trying to figure out what the hell this other squad is doing yeah. with, from the commander, you know. I, I think a minute is fine in Sean and, and, and that regard a minute to get into a squad, a minute to yeah. talk it out with them. And then well, maybe first off, make sure everybody has run, out command chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to tell all the new players, no, you got to hit C, no C. No, no, no. It's the button right next to X. Yeah, so you yeah, need yeah. to hit C to talk. <laughs> okay. Now that we're here. <laughs> so, I man, the amount of times I forget, you know, like I'll get a level one in my squad and you know, he's, how do you talk? And it's like, oh, it's press C. And then uh, like, I let them know like 30 minutes too late. You know? It's like, oh, shit, I was trying to talk to you guys the entire time. Or like 60 <laughs> minutes into the match, he just figures out the middle mouse button is a yeah. pink. And you're like, OK, yes. yeah, but it's uh, it's all welcoming. So uh, that was the main one from Game Mechanics. Uh, new content. If you're a follower of the show, you've all, we've already talked about all the new content. There's other people that will uh, talk about new content. We're not going to talk about it here. So let's go ahead and move on to player interface. Uh, mm -hmm. Digi, you you highlighted this one about uh, the uh, Viavox, which I'm, I'm hesitant to say because last show when we talked about Viavox, I know we we laid into it pretty good on that last show. But uh, you know, the question was, would it be possible to implement a way to increase or decrease command channel versus squad channel voice volumes? And and the question, like I, I mean, I've seen this 
asked multiple different ways with multiple different solutions. Um, but also a way to equalize voices. People who increase their in-game mic volume end up sounding boomy, whereas the others are impossible to hear. Now, like there's just again, I 100 percent agree with this question because there's a drastic difference in some people's mic. And a lot of people don't know once you break the 50 percent threshold in your mic settings, it distorts it. It, it goes well and beyond uh, and but every microphone's different. So that that number might be a little higher, might be a little lower. But once you go 50s rule of thumb, it just starts to get wacky. Um, <laughs> so, again, the response to this one was often the question comes up as to why Vivox at all. Now, given the relative issues or inflexibility, the key answer here is that other titles force the game server to carry all voice traffic. Whereas Vivox is able to take on all the traffic off the game server. So it actually allows it to be more efficient, and optimized in Hell at Loose with Vivox doing all the voice heavy lifting over here. But, you know, it, it, it's the burden of making sure that both systems work seamlessly. And that's what we went into last episode. And, you know, seeing where that is, the Vivox update in Dev 314 was we also have included in Update 9 the ability to reconnect to the Vibox server via the in-game options menu and this might it's like unplugging and plugging it back in may resolve your voice over ip bug and depending on the issue that you are experiencing so the, the solutions they're going to pre-program in the software to basically plug off pl or turn off turn on again um and hopefully it works for the best so yeah there's some steps they're working through there's well, definitely some steps they're working through but i don't i feel like they were kind of like it was a non-answer on well, the first bit where, you know, being able to increase and decrease command channel versus the squad channel. It should be a setting function, um, you know, instead of just that one sliding bar for the mic gain. I think there should be a control on the player's end just not to, you know, click them to mute. But actually, hey, this guy needs to come down just a bit. This guy needs to come up just a bit. Right. There's always going to be a yeah, variability channel, um, on everybody's mic. So. Yeah, well, and I, I think this question on the surface, definitely you hit all the major points, did you? But behind mm -hmm. it, it kind of connected two dots for me because one thing that's unique about Hell Let Loose is that latency or ping isn't uh, nearly as bad on other servers as it is uh, for uh, other games. It's like, hey, you can have a 200 ping and still play pretty well. And to say that one reason they went with Firefox to actually take some of that audio transmission and puts it under a different server might be one reason for it. The second thing I get into this, much like kind of the grid system, I think this is the devs acknowledging at a certain point that we are in too deep or we're at a point of no return that mm -hmm. we're with Firefox, especially after all these voice issues. I, if I was a developer or project manager, I would say no way in hell we're going to open back up that Pandora's box. This is what we got. If if Firefox allows it, comes through anything, I don't think I think this was kind of a nice way to say you got what it is and this you know, mm -hmm. suck it up <laughs> like that deal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for the, for the time. Yes. Um, you know, you've got the next question. I think uh, it's another great player interference interface question uh, in China, If you want to lead off with that. Yeah. So this is a, a player interface that isn't so much in game, but out of game. And I highlighted this uh, on a previous episode the, of when we talked about bros. Yeah. Talking <laughs> about achievements, you know, if the achievements come so out, the stat bros, man. Yeah, that means they can track us. So one of the questions actually was asked, do you collect stats of every player's efficiency, such as kill times killed throughout his career? Game to game stats. And they basically said, hell yeah, we do. And we're going to present it to you to where you can be able to track, you know, hey, are you getting better? Are you getting worse? And to me, that is going to get a whole new drive in players. There's players that right now you got was uh, Digi is the, the master of hell title is the uh, you know, level 10 oh. and all uh level 10 yes yeah yeah uh you know there's players that just want to get to 100 then there's players that just want to get to the master of hell now you get players that just want to see that continuous steady growth which i think is great but it is going to create and hear me now believe me later this uh recruiting system that all of a sudden says hey i see you're good in these stats do you want to come join our clan or you're not good enough on your stats hey we don't want it and to me that creates a <laughs> It's a stress drop you like last week's garbage yeah. no 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 yeah so uh, I, I, come on I'm a little hesitant well i know we ain't like that i mean it, it, <laughs> it's to the sense that yeah no it i think it'll be really good for the people that want to know are am i improving um you yeah. know who knows if that becomes like an extension on a third-party website like a battle metric site 
who knows? Or if it's just internally, you go into your barracks and you're able to see all the little nifty stats yeah. and go through there. I think it's a fantastic idea. I really do. I think uh, those little tracking bits uh, just make you improve. Like, again, I me myself, I don't care about the level top level. I don't care about the role ranking. I just looking for the best game possible. But for yeah. for particular, like I like to see that I'm at least getting of like a one KD. <laughs> so me, my, I'll be tracking that one a little bit harder than I should. Um, seeing that I'm actually, you know, progressively got better. Cause I, you know, everybody remembers their first five games where you went, uh, Oh, and 20. And now as you kind of get that steps and you've accumulate your hours, it starts to be like 20 and seven or even 20 and one, like you'll just get better. I think, I think my first game, it wasn't even like 20 deaths. I, I really like, I think, see. I think I got killed oh. like three times and then just hid. <laughs> I think my my first game was on the original uh, Hurricane Forest. It was the scar. I got killed two times. I didn't know where from. So I just like I hid in a bunker. I just was like, I'm not leaving this damn bunker. Just but, an uh, hour shaking in that little bunker. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sheeps. What I would love to see is is something like I think it was Battlefield Four had for every stat you could see your percentile in mm -hmm. compared to other players. Oh, yeah. like similar rank. Um so being able to see like, oh, for a level three medic, your last game was better than 75% of other level three medics. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty sweet. Oh, World of Tanks had a huge system where you could get a good little emblem if you were in the top like 1%, things of that nature. So I think this is definitely going to add a lot of replay ability to the game. I'm uh, I, I, I caution the community. This isn't on the developers. I caution the community to create a stratification system where all of a sudden I'm better than you look at my stats and that's what yeah I, I hope don't, we don't get don't to. drive the wedge i think because what makes this game really good in my eyes is how community building is done i mean i think it's in that sense like you know there's great players there's good players there's okay players and then there's the downright horrible but it's just everybody's in the melting pot and they love the game and there's really the friendships that are built are just playing the game i'll play with anybody Indeed. Maybe that's just me and in, in my sense, but I think a lot of people it's the friendships you make in game because um, there'd be that one crazy moment. You know, the guy that gets no kills ever somehow is the game winning play. Right. It, it happens. It happens. I, you know, yeah. I, I really would hate to see it become like a classist kind of thing. Like, hey, if you're not in the top five percentile GTFO <laughs> out of the yeah. squad, you know, I don't so, want that to, to be a I thing. I think we've beaten that one to death. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. more to come, but I'm keeping yeah. an eye on more it. More to so come on that. So we'll we'll move on into the game mode section here of the questions. Uh, Inchon, you got another good one here. And it's that third game mode that everybody wants to know more about. Yeah, what do so, you got? So campaign mode uh, is something introduced. And I, I was watching a lot of the chatter. Um, I, I read through it, and I didn't play Red Orchestra too. It sounds like a lot of stuff coming from Red Orchestra. Battlefield had it. They basically... You keep the same team. You kind of go through this series of maps. So maybe you wind up on Omaha and then you're on St. Mary Glees and then maybe you're in Hurricane Forest and it's that series there. Um, to me, this is, I, I didn't, I don't know quite to make of this yet. I think this is the first time they officially kind of announced it's going to be in the game. My take is if the matches are already an hour and a half, how much satisfaction are you going to get from like a four and a half hour series Woo, session? Get me yeah. get it started on Friday night and <laughs> yeah. wake me up on Saturday morning. You know, like it, yeah. that's it's a long that's a long stretch to think I mean, of. And, you know, because you might not have the same team component by the end of it. It's just like, you know, no, who has that time? I don't know. Yeah. I, don't I just know. I want to like the seasoned like grizzled like Sarge like you weren't here three hours ago when we yeah. pulled it out. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't participate in the 24 hour stream. You don't know those scars, man. Like uh, myself, Ko Vinzel and uh, <laughs> Yaman <laughs> Joe, I put in a 17 hour stretch and like that is just such a grinder. But yeah. four hours and you're like you're feeling it. You're definitely feeling the sea. You got to get up. You got to move and so, <laughs> well, some fresh air. Whether this is going to be like a World of Warcraft raid kind of thing, where oh, yeah. you maybe be going with a with a a group of people, maybe you can give it over multiple nights, give it a go, and at the end you get some rewards or a medal or something that shows in your yeah. profile. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. So yeah, I, I I didn't want to spend too much time on it. I definitely want to acknowledge it. I think anytime acknowledgement up, is what's appropriate at this time. Until we see the full flesh out, it it, it just right now it's just kind of like yeah. you know like I think what HLL does great is just everybody can get in the action real quick and great. Yeah, <laughs> but if you want four hours of it, you know, and it's not knows. coming in update nine. So there's going to be a lot more that comes out of this. A lot more mm -hmm. that we'll see. Uh, 
Sheeps, you talked about uh, something here, the kind of uh, a man of the night, if you will. <laughs> mm-hmm. This one, this one blew my mind. So there was a question around any plan for night combat or night variants of maps and flare guns, and they said yes, we're looking to bring a night mode in the future. We'll have flare guns to brighten up long range, and they specifically say we don't want to introduce a nighttime mode that just encourages players to increase their gamma. And I have no idea how they're going to get around that because yeah. <laughs> if you've got light at a level where it's a, like you need flares in order to see then increasing your monitored gamma levels is definitely going to be a competitive advantage so for sure see what they come for out sure with. yeah and some sort of dusk i mean it, you can definitely play it in like who, who knows if it, the dynamic lighting gets into like a hey it's it's like going into nighttime the sun is setting Ooh. and all of a sudden it's then it's dark so you'll have that actual i mean maybe that would defeat the gamma unless you want to make those continual tweaks in game to just get that setting right or you just blasted 100 the whole game you know like would be nice to see that and i i'm a big fan of night night mapping i again seeing artillery fall and explosions and stuff like just the the fires maybe off of a burn tank you know or lighting the the squad that's walking behind it and you see them you know like the engagements are endless and i think it it's more exciting because it's that element of surprise and i play a lot of horror like co-op games and it's just that little bit of like the unknown what's around that corner and it's dark and it's kind of spooky and then all of a sudden you're face to face with like 20 players coming down the road who knows i mean i really if you got to go that route i think they should then bring in like either an artillery flare like you were saying or have a command call in for like a flare to be dropped and to illuminate this uh, battlefield like oh it's just endless i i think that would be a really crazy dynamic i will only accept nightmare the idea of it go ahead being like pitch black just the idea of it being like pitch black with artillery high explosives coming in tanks Mm -hmm. over your head I'll be wild. The idea of that from an experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my god, like an urban combat, you know, like you're just fighting through the streets of Carantan at dark, and all of a sudden, you know, like you just see that window silhouette of a body just f- flash up as they start shooting the gun. Like, oh, I, I, I mean, I could just, I could go on and on. I think that'd be just amazing if they can nail it outright. But as you said, the gamma, there could be some imbalancing. Um, yeah. And trying to get around that would be the question. So I will only accept night mode under one condition that I can kill somebody <laughs> with a flare gun. I want to be able to shoot somebody I, with a flare gun and kill him. Shoot somebody with a flare gun or <laughs> smack him with a shovel. You might be able uh, to sneak up a little bit easier. When, but when they, all the same, I mean, that's that's the wrap up of the specifics from those questions. Um, but let's go to when do we ultimately expect to see update nine um it's really bold prediction time can i get an inchon guarantee as no. to what he thinks will, uh, update nine will be dropping actually uh, you, you try to put me to these guarantees every show you try to get me on a guarantee here digi it's a guarantee and, and actually you know what on this one um i don't know if i want to let's see digi you showed your bottle sheeps you showed your bottle what you're drinking um, I don't know if I'm willing to put a bottle of whiskey on this. I, I might do it because I actually think we're going to see update nine based upon the public test uh, environment or public test server. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we go back through and looked at how the uh, path for update eight came out with the public T or PTE public test environment, uh, it was announced October 9th. They did one public test environment just to kind of get the servers up and running. Then they did a second one, which was really actually the test. And then after that, it was 28 days from the test when we actually saw update eight. So I, if I overlay that same schedule, excluding public test one for the server, I actually predict. And here, I, I'm, you know what, Digi? I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. We will see update nine anywhere between March 26th and April 8th. That is my, if, if everything holds tight, that is when we're going to see update nine. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, about it but yeah and hopefully the pte goes a little bit smoother since this is their second rendition of it so maybe they were able to work out the kinks faster i still think it needs a a good amount of time in pte just to work out all the issues so maybe it's a little bit shorter maybe it's just about the same i'm on the money for around april the first week of april in my my sense um when they drop it so I think, you know, we've hit a lot of the updates on here. Uh, you know, there's more that we can go into some about the messaging, some of the kind of things. We're going to go ahead and hold that for another show because I really want to get uh, talk about the winter seasonal because there was a lot of stuff that happened with the winter seasonal uh, over the last two weeks. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, 
The redemption bracket uh, was uh, act, uh, you know, active. Let's go ahead and switch over to that. You actually saw Phoenix. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and draw a Nurple prediction. My uh, possible, you know, su uh, surprise team uh, has beaten their way through the redemption bracket and is now, I think, are they fighting right now uh, for uh, against the line or fighting today to get into the final uh, six teams on it? Um, you know, uh, PBS, uh, Sheeps, uh, you guys faced 82nd uh, last week. Okay. How uh, didn't turn out the way you wanted, but uh, how did that match go? That match was was great fun. It, it felt pretty evenly split. It wasn't one of those steamrolls, which is always what you want to avoid. Um, there was fighting over that middle point on the on the uh, on the map, which is always good fun, and that's what I look for in any any hell out loose game. So I was yeah. more than pleased with how we did there. But I, I, I just got an update from the chat: is uh, PHX just won five zero against the twentieth? Oh, so they will they. They will be moving in uh, to face in the redemption bracket round four against uh, the training camp. Yeah, so uh, I think the the, the the main matches, I think the highlight was the battle. There was two NA teams versus two EU teams. Uh, and well, NA, we didn't, you know, this is this, this is this is a little bit of sobering moment. It's not fun to lose at the report that you lost 24 hours later. Uh, Digi. Uh, I wasn't yeah. here. I wasn't here. Yeah, we, we, Digi was our fall guy. See, when it was here, so they, they wanted me to be the fall guy because I was not playing. Yeah, and, so uh, uh, lay it uh, on me, I guess. WTH moved past uh, both rounds were five O's. Uh, WTH moved past NPA and Exodus uh, moved past uh, uh, Hell Let Loose training camp. In the next battle, what we'll see is WTH versus Exodus. That that to me is just two titans uh, clashing together. As I look to that match, I want to kind of go throw out here. Exodus has faced three of the teams that is still alive in the redemption bracket. WTH has beaten no teams that are still alive. So if you're looking at the strength of schedule, uh, Exodus has faced better teams. So if I had to put another bull prediction, I'm actually going to lean to Exodus based upon their strength of schedule than WTH. Um, the other matches, a uh, digi, I mean, do you want to make any predictions about MPA and KRT? Uh, you know, I just like what I've been seeing with the KRT and, uh, odd company combo. Like, oh, man, I, uh, that the guy that runs their streams there for odd company, he's, he's on the ball. He's, he's, he's able to kind of like broadcast several of his, uh, clans, uh, members as they're playing throughout yeah. and he switches and uh, the name is escaping me, but, uh, really wonderful das streaming that's coming out of there. And I mean, the gameplay that KRT and OC has been bringing is really, really top notch. I think. MPA, uh, the Badger Squad, and BHB, um, like versus KRT and OC, that'll be a really good matchup. I think that'll be a really well balanced matchup of the conglomerate teams. I think it'll be a really good to see how everything kind of strives out. Uh, I look forward to seeing how that one pans. Um, our matchup against, I guess, now PHX and uh, and their grouping. Uh, like I think uh, <laughs> Training Camp's got a good contest ahead of them as well. PHX yeah. is. And the other teams are they're just really solid. So, I mean, my bull prediction, though, I'm still kind of going to give the cutting edge to WTH. I think they've been around the block um, and they really just haven't had a moment to shine. It's just being that number one seed is, yeah, they're going to play the lower seeded teams as that is how the bracket was organized. So be really interesting to see that one um, shape up, as you said, two Titans for sure. Yeah. Um, hopefully we get some really qual good quality streams out of that so we can all watch. Well, but, and, uh, and that's and my to take to give any more credit. I know Das Alberg got uh, Das Alberg. Yeah. In the chat. He's actually in the chat right now. Did you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, he got he got Das he got Alberg. If you are in the chat right now, make sure you follow that man. It is great content. Yeah. Lovely German voice. Um, he got, and he got he's very out. active, engaging. I think it was a really well done production by uh, Salberg and the OC yeah. uh, Odd Company crew. He got called out by Wild Bill Jamming on his videos this week. He got called out here. Great contact. Uh, Sheeps, obviously, you're the most impartial of us right now. Um, we're not going to judge you. I know we're going to be moving into the interview segment. Uh, but what's your take on, uh, let's go ahead and do it, Hell Let Loose Training Camp versus Phoenix. Uh, what, do, what are you thinking? The here? impartial. Give us the impartial. <laughs> Putting you on the well, spot I here. I always like to see Hell Let Loose Training Camp win. Oh, stop it. Your guys' whole approach to to tell it loose in your community i love it so i don't know i'm just gonna back my favorites well and here's here's <laughs> here, here, respect here's, that. here's what a lot of people don't know as we head into this match 
is that Phoenix and uh, Hell Let Loose training camp actually uh, scrimmed each other right before the winter seasonal, and it was a 3-2 in favor of the training camp, but by no means was it, uh, you know, um, uh, uncontested at any time. Uh, that's one reason why I have a lot of respect for Phoenix. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, that one's going to be one to watch, but obviously all eyes are going to be on WTH and Exodus, and uh, we're getting into the elite here. We're getting into the elite, so... Uh, that's all our news uh, for the winter seasonal. Uh, C-Dub had to spend some time, uh, was lucky enough to spend his time with his uh, fiance on Valentine's Day, so he'll be back uh, next week. But who we do have here and who it is on the anniversary, I, I don't got any sultry music. Maybe uh, Maury could put that in a little bit on uh, uh, <laughs> some sultry <laughs> music. Well, anyways, we like to do a warm welcome to Frank, uh, PBS's uh, founder there. Um, yeah. And just welcome, bud. Welcome, Frank. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me here. There's the man. Hey, Frank, can you please just kind of break it in? It's the 15th anniversary of PBS. Could you just tell us how PBS got its start? Uh, you guys formed around 2006, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I started, uh, actually, uh, I work in an international telecommunications company, and I started, actually, a uh, second job in 2004, uh, may, making mainly custom-made computers. So. Okay. And the company was called Powerbits Computers. So um, uh, the biggest uh, uh, clientele I had was, of course, gamers. And then in 2006, I started the Powerbits game team. Gotcha. Uh, so what games did you originally start out in? What was PBS uh, uh, oh, formerly on? Yeah, we started first in Call of Duty 1, 2, Call of Duty oh. 4, Call of Duty That's 5, one of my favorites uh, because of the dedicated servers. And the custom maps. I have fond uh, memories of COD too. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, we even did, you know, lunch at, at each other's homes and parties and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, after that, we switched to the Battlefield, Battlefield Bad Company, of course, also yep. one of my favorites. And uh, then we moved on to Battlefield Three, Four, Battlefield One. Um, and we kind of got stuck to, first of all, yes, uh, Hell at Loose that we're doing now and Rising Storm 2. And gotcha. in these two games, we still have six uh, top rank servers. So mm -hmm. you, you, you've you really been in the first person genre uh, for for uh, since the start. And uh, just talk about your lineage. Uh, a lot of great games. I'm sure a lot of great, uh, great memories. Uh, so the question comes to me, 15 years at every anniversary. I, I know you don't want to divulge too much on the internet and open source, but that was longer than my first marriage, okay? <laughs> you guys have been a community longer than my first marriage lasted. So what is the secret to uh, having a community last that long? Well, we give each other flowers on Valentine. No. No. <laughs> uh, no. We, we are a team that holds team play, fun, friendship, and integrity high in its banner. Um, there is no, we call every member a star in PBS. There's no uh, elitism. Every guy, uh, the one who starts, and a veteran player, they are all treated the same. And we look at their character, not just their skills. Mm -hmm. that, that's really important. That's really important. Mm -hmm. uh, Sheeps, I, I, I want to kind of point that direction also to you, as you know, we got Frank here, but. Uh, obviously, you've picked up the PBS banner. You've uh, presented it. How about for you? I mean, how long have you been in the community, and why do you think uh, the secret to uh, PBS is success? So I, I was looking around when I first started playing Hell at Loose because it's one of those games you realize that if you really want to get into it, then a, a clan or a community is is the place to do it. So I was looking around at the, at the top servers that are around, um, and something about that PBS mantra of integrity and, and friendship is, is spoke to me much more so as uh really going for any kind of hardcore elitism top top echelon players um because really i'm i'm just here to have a good time and, and make some friends so that's exactly. what spoke cheers to, to that yes yeah indeed cheers i'll give it i'll give no one i'm almost out the show must be done because i'm almost out or <laughs> you gotta refill pal you i just I gotta didn't get bring a the bottle. bottle i didn't bring the bottles <laughs> So, uh, uh, yeah, Frank, yeah, I just kind of want to like to ask the questions like, I mean, 15 years is a huge accomplishment. Where do you see the clan in the next five to 10 years? Do you find you're going to be pursuing more hella loose or see what other avenues are there? Like, what's the future hold for PBS? Yes, yes. We will continue with our two main games, which is Rising Storm 2 and Hell Let Loose. And of course, if there's another interesting game 
we are always up for it, of course. We we always uh, look for more the formula uh, rentable dedicated servers mm-hmm. than a matchmaking uh, game. And um, yeah, I see us growing uh, a lot more in different dimensions. So To go into that growing bit, uh, if listeners are interested and want to join PBS, how would they go about doing that, Frank? Register at our site at pbsgameteam.com, introduce yourself uh, at our forum, or come on uh, our Discord, pbsdiscord.com, and say hi. That's fair. That's Perfect. Fair. Well, let's... thanks for joining us, Frank. This has been fantastic. I think, Inchon, if you got anything last you'd like to ask of Frank. Well, I, let me go ahead. I, I want to say thank you to everybody. Everybody, all the community-run servers uh, oh, that pr- provide a, uh, in, a, you know, an integrity-based gaming experience i you know we always talk about like the official servers of the wild west and i know we have been on pbs servers a lot uh frank i appreciate the structure that you've provided on there uh, all the sponsors i know those are not free the servers uh so everybody that supports pbs both with their time and their money uh thank you for providing for that community uh before we go uh sheeps uh frank i want to give you just a minute or two to kind of Final thoughts, anything that we didn't ask? Uh, go mm-hmm. ahead, Sheeps. Well, I'll just I'll jump in. Um, th- where do I want to go with this? Closing comments. Okay. Um, update 9, I am so looking forward to it. I love every update that they come out, even though sometimes people, sometimes people rant on them, but I'm happy with whatever the developers cook up. Let's see where it goes. Do you're a firm believer of tasting the whiskey before you judge it, right? Exactly. I'm, that easily goes in. It's, it's mellow. It's, we'll see mm-hmm. where it goes. A hint of mahogany. Uh, <laughs> Frank, how about yeah. you? Closing thoughts, buddy, before well, we... I think this is a fantastic game, I Let Loose. Uh, we have been gaming games for 15 years, and this is a very unique game. We want to thank the, the developers for making this, and also you guys for supporting the game. Fantastic. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Frank. So PBS, uh, once again, congratulations on the 15-year anniversary. Sheeps, we're going to continue to watch you. And with your standing desk, your dapper suits, uh, we can can never imitated, often duplicated uh, Sheeps and Frank. I appreciate you guys everything. And uh, we'll catch catch you on the battlefield later. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, Digi. Yeah, that was uh, I, I did, that was, 15... uh, that was wonderful. I, I mean, I always love when we can engage with the communities um, abroad and definitely give us uh, give us a shout. I mean, we're very open. We're looking to kind of expand on that segment there. I mean, we like to do the community spotlights because it's what the community provides into the game that makes it important, especially with those community servers, actively engaged admins. I mean, it just makes the game better when you really got that much involvement indeed so um but to go we, on to our favorite bit of section in sean yeah this was uh, we actually got funny. pretty good one heroes and zeros uh batter up yeah it was actually funny because somewhat we didn't do the hero and zero on the last segment and then in the youtube channel uh, comments which definitely put your comments on somebody goes where's the hero and zero so we, got, uh, yeah. we gotta bring it back gotta bring it back uh our hero on this one is actually out of sage now, I'm going to be the one that slaughters the name. I'm going to go ahead and take this one for you, Digi. Sage mm-hmm. Mangia. I'm going to go with Sage Mangia off of Reddit. Uh, I don't know if he's going through college, he's in sociology or whatnot, or he just found on this. But he translated the uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and applied it to L- uh, uh, Hell Let Loose. And I thought it was great uh, from the intellectual level, oh, from the gamer level. Uh, let's just go ahead and go through it. If you're listening to this on the podcast, which, by the way, we are going to be putting this on a podcast. Uh, so at the base, at your base needs, it is frontline garrisons. Your safety needs is your backup garrisons. Once again, everything is based on the garrisons. Once you get out of your basic needs, you can go ahead to go to your uh, logistical needs. And that's your resource nodes. Then you get a little bit of extra resources. You can get your outposts, repair stations, barricades, blah, blah, blah. And then... Digi, you reach self-fulfillment. Yeah, the place of Zen up at the top of the mountain. Yeah, fun. Fun. Uh, <laughs> I think my fun begins uh, kind of at the very bottom. But yes, no, it it all it all boils in. I mean, maybe win is probably the, <laughs> more appropriate at the top because if you were able to fulfill all those bottom steps, 
you puts you in really good odds. I think this is a great posting. It's 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 humorous to me because I oh it's like you're going back to elementary school with uh, <laughs> yeah Maslow's hierarchy. My so school. yeah, I, your school I think was it was really great. Barry, your school was a little bit more advanced than my Nevada education, <laughs> but I, I think I think this is this is great. But it also kind of highlights a lot about the frustration. Like the developers give the tools for this game and the way the community interacts with it. So this basically said, you know, hey, you need your garrisons, then you get OPs. Okay, now that all this is done, now you can actually have fun. And there's a lot of players that I've gamed with uh, of my time in this game that you could see as they go through this hierarchy of needs that. First, they're just trying to shoot, and then they realize that doesn't happen anything. So then they get garrisons. And then the good players go, you know what? I'm just going to run Engineer for the first couple minutes because I know we need nodes. And now for the last hour of the match, I can have fun. Uh, I, I highlight this. I'm going to go ahead and give it the hero. There he goes. Gets the uh, hero stamp right there. Uh, congratulations, Sage. Uh, but uh, definitely something uh, that translated through. I think it's great. Um, I, I hope the developers see this and possibly make that fun element a little bit flow down further down in there funner yes exactly indeed so uh that concludes the uh hero part of the show did you want to go ahead and interest introduce us to the zero yeah so again as i was saying the zero is actually outside of the game this week um it it's came across uh we really just like uh in our hell let loose training camp channel somebody posted up this guy i we just started a conversation and you know he posted this link up and we're able to kind of dive back into this this youtube channel it's called the history underground videos it's a really great channel with hundreds of various videos you know from all wars uh, mostly dealing with american history um but he's really keyed in on the 101st airborne um and as many of you know that's the the one unit that was followed in the band of brothers series produced by steven spielberg and uh, tom hanks really great series if you haven't seen it definitely go out there and watch it but he went to uh Curry-he mountain which if you're not aware that was training ground um area and believe in north carolina right in Sean? uh georgia uh, georgia georgia uh uh for for this this unit in world war ii and we're just going to play a minute of the 13 minute clip uh please enjoy standing on top of Curry-he mountain in uh, Tacoa, Georgia. You can see the view behind me. This is the place where the uh, parachute infantry regiments came to train, including Easy Company uh, from the Band of Brothers. So men like Dick Winters and Carwood Lipton and Bill Garnier and Popeye Wynn, okay, you know, they ran up and down this mountain in their training. Three miles up, three miles down. So if you've seen Band of Brothers, you know what I'm talking about. So I was really excited to come to this place. And I didn't want to show everything that I saw up here on the video, just because I thought it would spoil it. But uh, once you get up here, unfortunately, this place has really, really been defaced. Right here is an example of what I'm talking about. So all of these guys that trained here went over to Europe to fight against fascism, Nazism. A lot of these guys didn't make it back and uh, somebody I guess thought it would be funny to spray paint I love Hitler up here on this place. Yeah, and, that, and then I'm going to go ahead and pause it there. Um, we're definitely going to provide this link this this uh, uh, down into the uh, the show notes just, here. Just disrespectful. Yeah, I mean, he he said defaced. I think disgrace. Um, you know, in, in another episode, uh, we're actually going to talk about how you can get involved, uh, how you can support the cleanup on this. But if you're a fan of Band of Brothers, if you're a fan of history, uh, seeing something like this is just just disheartening. And after seeing this and going through there, there was nothing in game. There was nothing in the developers that even came close to making the zero of the show as this right here um so we're, we're more to follow uh on the next episode we're gonna go ahead and get a little bit more organized i've already talked to uh the one of the fundraisers uh that is actually going on the cleanup project of curry so we'll provide some more information on that uh keep tuned uh for the next episode uh but yeah there, there is nothing else that is more disheartening to see this uh, outside the winter seasonal whatever you have in game to disrespect the legacy of the guys that went over trained or their training camp and to throw something like this on is it, i i don't have the words for it did you mm -hmm. 
you know, it, honestly, it, it's just not much more to be said, but we can always move the step in the right direction. So more to follow next show. Intron's yeah. been in the communications, so I th- we're going to see what we can do to make this right. Yeah. Um, so- but next show uh, is also a good one for another reason is we somehow scored uh, a fabulous guest. He's a creative genius, but Moss can't from the famous reddit uh artist post that he does up every week you'll see the a new and creative image uh that's been put up i oh, mean the man is just hilarious you know we were having a conversation a couple days back with him and uh he's fantastic he's from spain and uh, i mean honestly he's 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 very very creative um makes children's books <laughs> and also does hell at loose uh you know related media content like it, it's fantastic so i'm really excited for that and and can't wait to have that interview with him well, um, he'll think- even be he'll even be drawing um an upcoming hell at loose uh, cartoon live on the show so i mean you get to be able to see his creative process and what he goes about so looks looks like it's going to be a really good show um, but in closing, uh, you know, I'd like to say thank you all for coming and participating in another great episode. This is number five. And I mean, I think we pretty much got this one in the bag. And if uh, Inchon's pretty much says he's done drinking, he must be in the bag already. <laughs> so all the same. I, I am uh, empty. I am empty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say thank you and see you on the battlefield. And next time. Thank you all. <laughs>